1: Here's a hot take. I really don't think Sheila would like me. And guess what? I cannot stand her. Get me my soapbox, Matt, somebody. I don't know where it is. But I, I, uh-huh. I'm i mad at Netflix. I'm yep. mad at Sheila. I'm mad at the guys who made Wild Wild Country for not making this better. I am furious. Let's go. Are we done? Are we doing this? Come on. Enough. <laughs>
2: He's in rare form today, everybody. Hi, Julia Pensavale. Hello, Patrick Hines,
1: and not hello, Sheila. Goodbye, Sheila. Hello to everybody
2: except for... Sh- good morning to everyone except <laughs> for Sheila. Good
1: morning to everyone except fucking <laughs> Sheila Maanan Hater.
2: You guys, I don't understand why this documentary was made. We'll get into it in a minute. I stopped myself from texting you 30 times. Like, what is this? I don't understand. It's a commercial for Sheila, which is completely yeah. unnecessary. Totally. Well, you know it is necessary. If you guys want more Julia Pensavale, and me. Join us on the Patreon over I'm going to up the number. I'm going to say 210 yeah. full ad-free bonus episodes to download a bit for the second. Let's rattle off some of the series they can find us it there. It's uh, All Be in the Dark, Night Soccer,
1: Lorena. Murder Among the Mormons, This is a Robbery, yes. both on yes. Netflix, uh, Don't F with Cats, Tiger King. Serial,
2: The Staircase, The Jinx, classic, the Jinx. iconic TCO content. Come on. <laughs> uh, you can also get ad-free versions of these episodes, After Parties. You get Early access to our live shows when that starts happening again. Yeah. It's the place to be on the interwebs, as the children say.
1: It's a party. Yeah. I'm saying that every time. I'm sticking with it.
2: Two more quick things, you guys. Join our Facebook group, the True Crime Obsessed Podcast discussion group, and follow us on Instagram, True Crime Obsessed Podcast, every Tuesday at noon. Jillian and I go lunch? Go lunch. We do go lunch, I guess. We do we- go lunch. Yeah, well, we call it <laughs> Ladies Who Lunch, but it's noon
1: Eastern, and we hang out for like a half an hour. We take your questions. We talk about the app, and we just sort of like just chill.
2: We say hi. And you know what? Every time you guys get mad at us about something, that's where we address it. So if you're looking for the drama, come find it on Ladies Who Lunch.
0: Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Melina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Melina. Visit meetmelinaca.com. Let's talk today.
2: Girl, this is a real question this week. What on earth are we talking about today? What the hell is this thing?
1: A bunch of bullshit, but technically it's called Searching for Sheila and it's on Netflix.
2: I gotta say, it's a good idea, I guess, for a documentary. But like, if you guys remember, this is all inspired by that documentary Wild Wild Country, which was bananas and excellent. And we covered that, I think we did it in two episodes like forever ago.
1: I mean, a very, very early on. It's. I think it's four episodes on Netflix. People were upset obsessed with it. Like, it's a very fascinating documentary. But Sheila, you know, Sheila's tough titties. Sheila was the breakout star, for better or worse. (laughs) She is an actual terrorist, but people loved her. (laughs) I'll never know.
2: People who don't commit crime don't escape like that.
3: Finally, you are coming to India after 30 years. Happy homecoming, Sheila. I got the opportunity of speaking to one of the most talked about person. You know her by the name Ma Anand Sheila. When I was an empress, the kingdom was rosy.
2: Manan Sheila, famous for being Bhagwan Rajneesh's top aide, is facing serious charges of both fraud and attempted murder. Who is the real Sheila? She is the murderer. Out of the very burden of all the crimes that she has done, she will suffer her whole life. The
3: world sees me from their point of view. A young girl from Gujarat who made it very, very big. I had number of hardships after I left Bhagwan, but history is not written for my part. It is Bhagwan's history, not Sheila's history. But he did not stand by you. He called you a criminal. This disturbs me and I want you to be angry. Why aren't you angry? I cannot satisfy
0: you. No more questions, Sheila. Sheila, why did you stop the interview?
3: I'm just as much a human as any person
2: here. Sheila the Terrible, Sheila the Charmer.
3: I'm not the same person you think I am.
2: All right, you guys. So it opens with sort of the end of Wild Wild Country, which I guess I forgot how that ended. Like, Sheila was the Bagwans' number two, right? But then things got real bad between them real fast. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so he threw her under the bus, she threw him under. I mean, she was like fired and disowned. So we hear the Bhagwan, and if you remember, he spoke very slowly and everything was drawn out. If you were, if you watch this doc, I don't recommend it, but if you were to watch this, <laughs> you would see that there are jump cuts when they just to get it, like, to keep him going because he's like, He
2: has betrayed the whole commune. She is the murderer.
1: He fired her. She was disowned. She's a murderer. But it's the largest case of immigration fraud ever, which I forgot. Largest Me case too. of poisoning because she tried to poison an entire town. She's a terrorist.
2: <laughs> and wiretapping. Don't forget the wiretapping. Of course. Uh. So we get the on screen text. It says July 22nd, 1986. Sheila was sentenced to 20 years in prison. And it, she'd been convicted of multiple charges of assault, poisoning, and wiretapping. She only served 39 months. Girl didn't somebody die?
1: Yes. Or she tried to poison people. She was a menace and a terrorist, I will say it again. But she got <laughs> out after 39 months, released on good behavior.
2: 39 months? That's like
1: an 18th of the sentence. Again, not good at math, but that does not add up for me. <laughs> and here's like the mo- one of the most fascinating things about Sheila, as much as I, I mean strongly dislike her. In 1990, she moved to Switzerland and she starts yeah. a special help home. And that is like I want to know where like how she got to the cult and I want to know what her life is like in Switzerland helping these people because I look on the record I cannot stand this woman I don't think she's a good person but there's a piece of her that has to be a little good in some way to want to do this and help people this is not an easy gig that she has right now
2: no and I got to well I I could go on about this for forever my mother worked in places like this and I will say like in countries like Switzerland they probably get a lot more like support financially from the government like it's probably a lot easier to do that job there where they're paid adequately and you know
1: 100% but emotionally you're dealing with people you know and you have to be a certain type of person I think a little bit a speck of you has to be a little selfless in some way
2: yeah 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 because Sheila like I get the sense when she's not fucking reminiscing about the cult or on a fucking book tour about it she's probably a hoot at a cocktail party she seems like she'd be a ton of fun if you could get her to talk about anything but the fucking bag one for five minutes
1: hard disagree but we'll get there (laughs) Because, so we're like, we're at home with Sheila. We get the staged phone call about how Sheila's on her way to (laughs) India. Pack your bags, girl.
2: The visa was approved. But wait, we meet her sister and her sister says to us like, I always was uh, afraid that once she goes to India, then
3: she might not come back alive. And now, uh, now we are at the end of the line. Then she should go and visit whatever may happen, happens
2: we're coming to the end of it now so who cares as at the end of her life I mean we're all dying soon
1: anyway but so and Sheila's like she's nervous because she hasn't been back to India in 35 years and what about security
2: I have uh, organized you have nothing to worry about the security all the clearances have been done there's so many people who are looking forward to meet you
1: don't worry, I've organized security for you. It's the worst acting know, I've ever seen. But as the phone call is <laughs> happening, the stage scripted phone call, we see all of these like supposed to be arty framed black and white photos from her time in the cult. Like she still yeah. loves it.
2: But the thing is, we see all these these beautiful pictures of her like kneeling at the Bagwan's feet, like washing his feet, like her head cradled in his hands. And it cuts to like a video of the Bagwan being like, she was horrible. Yeah. She was she's she's a she murderer. Was a I fired was,
1: her. I never liked her to begin with. Uh, she didn't dump me. I totally dumped no. her. Bye. I was like, the bag one was
2: mad. Well,
1: he's a shifty motherfucker, too. He, I don't I, like him either.
2: <laughs> it's water under the bridge for Sheila. The bag one is rolling in his grave. Rolling in it.
1: Well, good. Who cares? I, I, ho- I hope he's resting unpeacefully. I, don't <laughs> I hope he's having a rough time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> your feelings are so strong not since the Cecil Hotel have I seen you so worked up
1: last week that was right great <laughs> but so like basically we get all this news footage from India the world had
0: almost forgotten about Sheila till a 2018 Netflix documentary that followed the rise and fall of Rajneesh Puram brought the vadodara born anti-hero back into the
1: limelight. No one gave a shit about Sheila until Netflix came out with that documentary in 2018 and now we have to talk about her. So
2: that's every news anchor in India. I know. I mean, I don't know anything about the press in India. I don't know anything about how anything works over there but like the way it's presented here does make it feel like suddenly like Sheila is all the rage in India. Like everybody wants a piece of her. Yeah, and
1: we get this like we get this editing where Sheila's talking about her life and the, the thesis is like she's so misunderstood. Everyone just forgive her. So as she's talking about like everyone just
3: misunderstands me we get a clip from the news who's like an epitome of feminism or the woman who tried to poison an entire town the brain behind osho's empire or a criminal mastermind who is the real sheila
1: You remember, Sheila, that woman who tried to poison an entire town? And I'm like, I have a pretty good understanding of
2: it, honestly. When you see video of her from back in the day, and we get tons of it, she was real mad. Like, Sheila, there was something came over her in those years that she was, like, basically running that cult. And it seems like she's softened a little bit. But as soon as she starts talking about the cult again on this book tour, which, by the way, that's why she's going to India. She's going to India to promote her book. Right. She gets real mad all over again. You know what I mean? Like, she seems like a soft old lady that you almost can't imagine how she once was the younger version of herself, but then it all starts to come back out.
1: Yeah, the whole thing is like, she wrote a book about the cult. She's doing a press tour about the book about the cult, but you can't ask her a question about the cult. And it's like, Sheila...
0: <laughs>
2: totally. That's the, the, and that's what's
1: so frustrating, because she's like, yeah. I'm an open book. I'm so misunderstood. And you can't say like, okay, Sheila, then clarify this. And she gets like enraged that you would I dare know. ask her to I clarify know. something. <laughs> and like, then don't go on a fucking look, a book tour, a pre- all it is is questions. The entire yes. thing is you being asked questions. So don't do it then, if you don't want me right, to ask you it. a question. Because I'm asking you a question, Sheila. I have notes, and I have questions, and I'm asking every last one of them. I don't care how mad you are, because I'm mad too.
2: So, you guys, we're following Sheila. She gets on the plane. She's going to India. She lands in India, and there are fucking paparazzi at the airport. She's Madonna walking through LAX. Maybe she's more like Bjork. Maybe she's like calmly walking, and she's. Going to eventually grab one of those reporters by their hair yes. and throw them to the ground. You really never
1: know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> So we, the, whoever the guy is who, who was on the phone saying, like, pack your bags, girl, your visa was approved. He's yeah. the founder of something called Humans for Humanity, which is the fakest <laughs> sounding charity I've ever heard in my life. If that's real, <laughs> you got to change the name.
2: How Humans what? for Humanity? That sounds so fake. What was the one where Portia de Rossi in Arrested Development had a foundation? The initials for the organization were C-A-S-H. And she was getting them to <laughs> write checks together.
1: <laughs> so she's with this this Humans for Humanity thing that makes no sense, straight out of Arrested <laughs> Development, like they are saying. And she also has this glam squad. So she's shopping oh for God. whatever events they're going to, and someone says like, What would yeah. McVaughn
0: think of this outfit? <laughs> I think he would like it.
1: Oh, do you think the Bhagwan would like that? Sorry. And she's like, I really think
2: he would. Swoon. It's weird because she's got like a gay with her and then she's got like a lady stylist and they're in a little bit of a competition about like trying to dress her. Like these people, I don't know if everyone in India is, but these people are obsessed with Sheila. It'd be like me dressing the Indigo Girls. You know what I mean?
1: And they just all really, really want Sheila to like them. And I can't get there because I... Don't give a fuck, so it's hard for me to put myself in their shoes. And then at one point she's talking to some guy who seems like, I don't know if he's famous in India, but he seems like such trash. Oh, this Karan guy, the the TV host? Yes, he's pitching her his talk
0: show.
2: I do a talk show, um, it's called Coffee with Karan, and has interviewed celebrities from the entertainment industry, predominantly Hollywood. And the show is irreverent and fun, it's meant to be mildly scandalous.
3: You know... I have bigger scandals than show business. Of course. Basically like I'm trash like I'm TMZ
1: and I just talk about their scandals and Sheila's like oh I have bigger scandals than showbiz people and this guy's like oh my god of course they're all like kindergarten (laughs) scandals compared to your life and they laugh. I'm going to say this again. She tried to poison an entire town. (laughs) I I am being gaslit by everyone (laughs) from second one and I don't appreciate
2: it. I don't know about like how progressive India is but this guy Karan, the TV host, is like the fifth guy we've met in the first 10 minutes who is definitely not attracted to women. I think you could like be gay in India. Can you? I hope you can. I don't want to like, I don't know. I'm just like, wow, like uh, everyone seems very out loud and proud. I also wanted to say that when she's driving from the airport, did you see the name drop of the century when she was like, when last time I came to Delhi,
3: we spent most of the time waiting at the residence of uh, Indira Gandhi.
2: The last time I was in India, I spent so many hours at the house of Indira Gandhi.
3: Okay, Sheila, you know <laughs> what? I
2: know. <laughs> Move along. Also, by the way, I want this guy show Coffee with Karan to have a YouTube channel cuz I would watch the living shit out of it. I want to watch this bitchy queen Karan get like the celebrities of India from Bollywood, which is where he said he gets all of his celebrities from. Right. To like to give us like the equivalent of like India's Paris Hilton dirt. I would watch it every day. So,
1: you also get in a time machine to go back to 1999 when Paris Hilton <laughs> <laughs> dirt was I like know, shit people I cared about
2: listen i also realized that when i was saying how famous she was i compared her to madonna at lax which is like it really did age me girl but
1: that tracks should i have
2: said arianda Grande?
1: yeah whatever <laughs> olivia rodrigo <laughs> say her
0: Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.
2: So this guy, Karan, is interviewing Sheila on stage. This is when I have the note, why is all of this in English? Oh, everything is in English. We're in India. Yeah, both of those things are happening. I don't know. I don't know why. It never occurred to me. (laughs) I was like, this is really weird. Mm -hmm. Like, and the way that everyone in this documentary, like all the people from India, the way they speak English is flawless. It's just one of those things that makes me feel stupid. Oh,
1: same. Where I'm like, oh, I can barely speak Spanish, which is uh, unacceptable.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But this guy Karan is like just interviewing her like live on stage.
1: Yeah. So really, the rest of the documentary is just Sheila sitting down for conversations like this with multiple people so this is really the first one we see
2: it's unfortunate that after everything that actually transpired and happened that you finally had to flee from there and did you feel that for yourself that it was the end of an era
3: i left because i had a personal problem with Bhagwan. 300 people came to drop me off at the airport that's not fleeing
1: no, I didn't flee. I didn't leave. <gasps> like, I just left, you know? But
2: you know what? I do want to say that, like, the fucking dirtbag Bagwan, like, definitely leaned into misogyny to be like, she's a woman, and she's evil, and she, and she's like, fuck that, 300 people brought me to the airport. That is not fleeing. Like, even though Sheila did a lot of really bad things, I still don't want this fucking man rewriting the history of what happened. You know what I mean? Absolutely not. And we will get
1: there. Yeah. There is someone who's very much on our side with yeah.
2: that. But I love when the guy, Karan... I don't know why I didn't even write his name down. I just remembered him. This guy made a real impression on me. I'm
1: shocked by this. There, How many times, by the end of Tiger King, you were like, what's that guy's name? And I'm like, Joe Exotic. If I have to say it, it's episode six. I know. He's, he's like part of the fucking zeitgeist now, and you don't know his name, but this guy, you know. Great. Always a surprise, right. always a surprise.
2: <laughs> so he's, he basically asks her if the relationship with the Bagwan was platonic, and she was like, let's just cut to the chase. I didn't have sex with him,
3: if that's what you mean.
2: Politely, I was asking that. <laughs> Every clip we get of the bagwan in this is him saying, like, what a lowlife she was. What, like, a, what yeah. a down and dirty lowlife she was. How, like, she robbed him and she, you know, how stupid she is. Yeah. He calls her his secretary. Yeah. And then cut to Sheila and she, all she could do is that doughy-eyed, like, I was so in love with him. But she was saying, like, I was so in love with him, I didn't need to have sex. And she says,
3: I was already drowning in him. What more do I want? His eyes were... Probably more beautiful than his penis was, I'm not sure, I don't know, I have never seen it
1: and then she's like well again i never saw his peen and everyone is hysterical laughing and i'm like who did you think you were going to see because if you I paid know. money and you're like fawning over Sheila you must know her from wild wild country and if you sat and watched every episode like what? we did then you understand that she tried to poison people she she was said remember yes. that bomb that building bomb thing uh-huh. and i just, i just feel am i like i need to put both feet on the floor and gr- like i feel insane for asking these questions That are like Why are you loud? Like he's Like I don't get it I know So after this After this right She's like mobbed By all of her fans I know This made me laugh so hard Like and I'm not laughing with her I'm laughing at yeah. her Because she's She's signing old Like 30 <laughs> year old Black and white headshots <laughs> I mean like So the it's like young Sheila It's like tough titty <laughs> Sheila but it's an old uh-huh. headshot that's black and white, and she's doing like yeah, that pose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all, I don't know what, and you know she came with I, them because no one has those I glossy know. 8x10s I, just in their back pocket. And she's like, oh, what's a selfie? <laughs> I'm so cute. I don't know anything. It I is know. unreal. It
2: really is. I, I wrote, she's mobbed for autograph, like she's Madonna. Or the Indigo Girls. (laughs) Imagine the Indigo Girls walking through the Newport Folk Festival, you guys. Now you have some idea of what Sheila's life is like. Just let them all live.
1: (laughs) It's like Tori Amos perusing a thrift store in Brooklyn. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's exactly like that.
2: Oh, so now, oh, oh, and this is a real treat every time it happens. Sheila's driving around in a car, and when she's in the car, she has a mandate. We never hear the mandate, but we we know it's true because it's the only thing that happens. She will only listen to radio about her. Like, every time she's in the car, she's listening to, like, commentary on her visit to India.
1: Right, and so the person is, it's like this morning radio show, like the the India's Z Morning Zoo or whatever. You know her by the name Ma Anand Sheila.
3: Absolutely, no introduction needed for you. I think you're more popular or just as popular as Game of Thrones now. I mean, oh,
1: no. you're basically more popular than Game of Thrones. And <laughs> I just want to pause here for a second because I think it's amazing how nobody gives a fuck about Game of Thrones anymore. Game of Thrones was the biggest thing. There have been, like, pieces written yeah. on this because they screwed up the last season so bad. People were so—it was the biggest deal, and now it's like, Game of What? Oh, remember that show? It's kind of a weird pop culture, like, amazing phenomenon.
2: But, you know, I, in a smaller way, we see it in the true crime world all the time. There'll be a, a time when, like, there's—like, Don't Have With Cats was all anybody was talking about at all. Oh, yeah. And then Tiger King happened. And it was like— Don't yeah. have Cats went away like we see that all like we'll get requests and we're like somehow we found a Steve Tipton to get us several weeks ahead with our recordings so by the time we get to the documentary of the moment the moment has passed you know right but the thing is then people will still discover yeah, it yeah, down yeah, the line yeah, yeah. did
1: you ever do did you do this it's like yeah no I suffered through don't f cats yeah of course we did
2: also I've never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones
1: I just think I just think it's a weird it's sort of a fascinating pop culture yeah. thing where it was like the most gigantic deal and nobody cares about it but anyway it's almost like how I don't care about Sheila.
2: Right. Further to that point, here's an example. Sheila does this throughout the rest of the documentary where she's talking in sentences that don't make any sense. They're like long sentences so people don't question her. Somebody says, do you think there's been any change in the perception about you?
3: And she's like, well, timeline of perception is not so reliable. Yeah. It depends what the situation is and how it moves and who moves it
2: what like that is one of 95 times i don't know what the fuck she's saying that's
1: right out of the Bagwan's playbook though that's right yeah. out of that's cult 101 right just like talk and talk and talk so we're at this i don't know if she's at like a restaurant at night or something but it's like a casual press job because she's just sitting there holding court sitting yeah. and every there are people standing in front of her and they all seem to be kind of young cool reporters so yeah. everyone is joking about how the fbi is probably hiding in the bushes about to get them all so they know they're aware that right. she's a terrorist yeah. and but some reporter, some like superstar reporter, just says, You pleaded guilty to attempt of murder, right?
3: No. No. That's, that's what we there were, Yeah, but your information that's what I is you, filthy. Yeah. But, but, but there are things you admitted to when you went to jail. No, I didn't admit. You did. No. <laughs> I know what I did. <laughs>
1: and Sheila's like you have bad information and essentially it's this back and forth where the reporter's like if I have bad information then tell me the right information let's talk exactly. about it then yes, and then yes. some I don't know if it's your 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 friend Karan or, some, or her PR person we don't see his face but he yeah. answers for
2: Sheila I love the idea that she did one interview with Karan and he now travels with her to do the answering of the question
1: I would not be surprised if they are just now inseparable and so <laughs> Sheila's just like she kind of smiles and points like yeah listen to this guy but the yeah. reporter continues I'm obsessed with her because she's like yeah but you admitted to things that's why you were in prison and and Sheila goes no I didn't and the reporter goes yeah you did and Sheila goes no
2: and everyone laughs and I'm like even
1: if even if even if you are meeting this woman for the first time that is such a condescending infuriating way to interact with somebody I don't I don't know how anyone could find that charming
2: in any sense. And you know what, let me let me throw this in, right? The again, the whole reason she's there is to be on a tour for her book called Don't Kill Him. What was in the book, Sheila? Like w- did you not address any of the like right. because like if the reporter read the book, which I'm assuming that she did, why aren't you writing in your book about your time with the Bagwan and your jail sentence about what you actually went to jail for? And did you expect nobody was going to ask you about it? Right? And then she said and the reporter's like
3: I want to know what you actually admitted to and what when- I tell you, yeah. ask me I will tell you, Please, and have an open mind to listen. Yes, yes, definitely. Okay, I admitted to bring in Pakwan to USA, which U.S. interpreted as immigration fraud.
1: Well, ask me, and I'll tell you. And I, yeah, I, I want to like throw myself out the window because I'm like I know. that's what she's been you. She has been asking you. And she's like, but you have to have an open mind. You have to listen. And it's like, no, Sheila, I'm not going to like, just accept your bullshit. I'm asking you a question for like, well, sure. Just all you have to do is ask, Jillian. And I'm like, oh my God, stop gaslighting this amazing reporter who again, just like lets it go. So I don't know how yeah. amazing she
2: is. And then she like yells at this young guy. This guy says to her, like, you know, you seem like a real spiritual person. Can you talk about what made you do some of the darker stuff? She turns on this guy.
3: Why do you make this judgment, young man? Were you there? Had you seen? No. Have you seen
2: anyone do it? Why would you make a judgment like that, young man? Were you there? She's, like, so crazy. And it's it's like, Sheila, we all know what you did. Right. And she's like, well, okay, well, we'll hold
1: on. All right, fine. I'll admit to one thing. I will admit to smuggling the Bhagwan into America, which the U.S. (laughs) interpreted as immigration fraud, but it really wasn't. And also, I I did those wiretaps, but it was all on the up and up and everything. And I'm like, wait, Sheila, like, I know our system needs a lot of work. I know it needs a lot of overhauling, but I watched that documentary. I know. This isn't like a false confession, Jesse, Miss <laughs> Kelly, like like Brandon Dassey. This is not where we are. So for her to admit to it, yeah. and be bragging about it and be Miss Tough Titties, right. and then say like, "Just ask me, and I'll tell you." Oh, but you can't ask me that because I'm not going to do that.
2: Well, and also she says about her jail time. She's like, after 35 years,
3: people are still talking about it. They have not moved an inch away. No matter where I go, people only ask me. Ah. Normally when you have server sentence, it is zero zero.
2: I served my time. Why can't we move on and talk about something else? And I said, because you wrote a book and went on tour. Like,
1: then what are we doing here, <laughs> Sheila?
2: And, like, she, because
1: she's like, I served my sentence. You have to drop it. That Because the thing is, she doesn't want anyone to drop it when she's taking the selfies. She doesn't no. want anyone to drop it when she's on the morning show. She loves it. She only wants people to drop it when they ask her questions she doesn't like. And to that I say, Sheila, tough fucking titties. I can't handle it. <laughs>
2: So now we're going back and we're getting all this footage from Sheila back in the day and like what a quote badass she was. But this is the shit where like she looks real mad, girl. She looks real mad. Today. I'm not a
3: woman who steps from the back, but I don't believe in turning the other cheek. If somebody's gonna give me a whack, I'm gonna give him right back from one hand, other hand, and the bottom two. I tell you, the county is so fucking bigoted, it deserves
1: to be taken over. It was Sheila and the cult versus the sleepy town in Oregon who just wanted to sleep peacefully without hearing them all have sex in the middle of the night. Do you remember that? Because the yeah. sound would travel. Yeah. And Sheila was so enraged by that that she tried to poison them.
2: There's a lot that we get reminded about in this little section that I had totally forgotten about. Like yes. the secret tunnel in Sheila's house that led to a secret laboratory where mice were slowly being poisoned. Right. Like, Sheila! Like a
1: library of books on assassination. I
2: know! And she's just talking about how, like, you know, she she says. like I'm not a woman who stabs from the back whatever that means but she's like I also don't believe in turning the other cheek if somebody gives me a whack she's like I'm gonna give it to them right back from one hand and then the other and then the back I'm like Sheila like you see this in all the cult documentaries the people who are in the cult are like really in the cult and like Sheila was ready to commit mass murder in the name of this cult
3: she says in a very famous clip and you tell your governors you tell your attorney general and all your bigoted pigs outside one of our person, I will have 15 of their heads, and I mean business.
1: If you take out one of ours, I'll take 15 heads. And she looks right into the camera and she goes, "And I mean." business. But she's like, "What?" Like t- Sheila today's like, "What?" <laughs> I never said I that. That's not me. I know. I didn't do that. And then we get
2: like another clip of, of the bagwat who's just here to talk shit about Sheila, saying that like she was going to bomb the local courthouse. <laughs> like, Sheila, I feel like Sheila was moving a little more quickly than she needed to. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah, Sheila, just take a breath. How about you just start with like poison the town and just see how that goes? Or like blow up the courthouse and just see how that goes. Remember what she was poisoning the
1: town? I know. Like when you think about that, she was because they it was like some buffet or it was their restaurant or something yeah, and they were yes, poisoning. It. Right. Like oh my god.
2: Yes, I know. But she's a real charmer. At the end of this section I just wrote, it is chaos down here, Tom. Tom. <laughs>
1: Tom And so So now she's She's talking to a woman She's again It's just She's like in front of an audience This woman is asking her Again she's She's talking in circles But it's that same question Like what happened to that Sheila on the news You seem so nice now Let's let's dive into that Again Talks in circles Just like she's in the cult And she explains And
3: Sheila Was always polite And loving When she was young This front That I had to put up That was a deterrent from people who were trying to discriminate against our community.
1: She had to put up this front, and as a woman, sometimes you have to do that. Fair enough, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. But this gets interesting, because the woman starts asking her about the bagwan, and she's like, Is there something not unfair about the fact
3: that the women were penalized, and the man at the heart of this, nothing happened to him? He did not stand by you. He called you a criminal. I have to tell you, as a woman, this disturbs me and I want you to be angry. Why aren't you angry? I cannot satisfy you.
2: And Sheila literally says, well, he did go to jail for 15 days. If he had stayed any longer, he would have died. <laughs> Do you remember that? Remember when the Bagwad was in jail and we kept seeing the footage of it in the documentary? And yeah. it was, they were like smuggling him in pants. Yeah. And they were like smuggling themselves in so they could pray at his feet. Yeah, it's, it's
1: the Robert Durst, Harvey Weinstein. Suddenly you're all sickly and ill when you have to actually right. face the consequences of your fucking actions, you douchebags.
2: Yeah, and this is where she says also, she's like, I know you all have an opinion of me from your own experience she's like that's fine just don't call me spiritual call me a criminal criminal is better than spiritual and she has this really interesting point where she's like I
3: didn't want to become spiritual I didn't want to become enlightened or learn about meditation I had no interest in that I was just a young girl living her own life exploring and I went to Bhagwan because I fell in love with him
2: Here's my question. Like, is she refusing to, like, talk shit about the Bagwan because she's, like, still in love with him or because he's her meal ticket? You know what I mean? Like, right. he's even all, 30 years after his death, this book and, like, her connection to him is all she has. So, like, if she's, like, the quote, angry woman who's, like, out to, like, right the wrongs, I don't know. Like, does she lose the spotlight? I, I like, what is it that she's still hanging on to this guy for?
1: And it's so frustrating that it's an hour of, of live interviews and that never comes up. Like, then what is she talking about? So if she's saying, she's explaining that enlightenment is basically the perfect product to market because it's not tangible and you can scam people very easily and I'm like, yeah, I know. We're not new here. But then like, so is that what her book is about? That she doesn't believe him? Or like, I don't know why we never get to, like filmmaker,
2: ask her a question. Why don't we know what the book is about? You know what I mean? The book is, like we're here for her book tour. It's called Don't Kill Him. No one ever tells us what the book is about. Also, I've never heard of this book. Well, like who cares? Like, who Sheila. And then suddenly, like, we start going to these dinner parties with her. Like, she's got all these, like, fancy friends or whatever. We meet this guy, Ragu Rai, is I think how you say his name. He's a, quote, renowned photographer. And they're talking and they're at an outside dinner party. And I tried to follow it. I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. But it does sound like he's trying to mansplain something to her. Enlightenment. He's trying to mansplain enlightenment or basically
1: tell her, like, no, 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 you actually were enlightened. And she's like, bitch, stop calling me. That. like I don't right. want you to call me enlightened <laughs> please stop doing it yeah. she's at this dinner party with these socialites these like beautiful oh my God. people it's
2: Bina Ramani. she is a, her lower third is socialite entrepreneur but I would also say busybody but in but she is like chatting from like the second uh-huh. we see her and we learn like, you know how like Sarah Edmondson loves being connected to Nexium. Yeah. This woman, Bina, loves being connected to the murder of this woman, Jessica Lal. It may apparently made her and her family very famous in India and like she secretly loved it. Yeah. But like, it, it, like, it, like the reason she knows Sheila is because they were able to like escape out of India and be taken to the mm-hmm. compound in Oregon.
3: So there we get there and the first thing you have to do is remove every, everything you came with. Down to your watch, your rings, your everything, and your clothes, shit. and you have to pick a maroon garment from Kudor. And the minute we got into maroon, and we were in an ocean of maroon, nobody gave a shit. This is Bima Mari, Mari, We were suddenly
1: free of free ours. Of so this this woman Bina, her daughter Malini is here, and so the the two of them were these like star witnesses in this murder. So the daughter, who's of course a fashion designer, of course she is, <laughs> she shows up with a bunch of her friends, and she's like, oh my God, Sheila, we're your biggest fans. I know. Fans of what? <laughs>
2: She interrupts her mother mid-murder. Like her mother is like in the middle of explaining how hard it was for her when her like young, beautiful daughter shows up and completely
1: interrupts but, uh, her. I mean, fashion designer, gorgeous daughter. Obviously, like that's her role. Yeah. She just comes in and she's like, hi, it's me now. It's about me now.
2: It's like when you enter a room. Hi, it's gonna be all about me. Thanks. I, I was like, we're all thinking it. I don't think Jillian's gonna say oh no, there she yep, no, she said yeah, it. Yeah, yep, she- look, I'm 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 in it today.
1: I'm in it. So, but then so this this daughter, this daughter of hers who's like fawning all over Sheila. Then they start bonding because the yeah. daughter is like, look, everyone here has been arrested like quite a few times, Sheila. <laughs> like, that's why we all get along. It's like that, that idea that like famous people just sort of inherently get along because they're all famous. That's totally. kind of what this woman is doing to Sheila. And Sheila's like, yeah, it's pretty great, but don't ask me anything about it, but it's pretty awesome.
0: Let's talk about Medi-Cal You have a choice And Melina makes it easy So let's talk About making your life easier About extra help To manage your health Nobody knows Medi-Cal Better than Melina Visit MeetMolinaCA.com. Let's talk today
1: So this reporter Again Everyone just wants to talk to her About her relationship With the cult leader And the reporter says
3: He let you down Very very deeply As a human being Yeah um, I don't think so No? No no When you leave A person who is part of your breathing, it does hurt. Your lungs feel it. But that's how it was. I don't deny it
1: he let you down on a very deep level right and Sheila's like no not really I mean I feel it in my lungs and my guts and my bones and my soul and I can't really sleep and I haven't really eaten in 35 years but I'm fine I'm totally fine about it it's not a big deal don't worry about it I yeah I don't care it's all good and this woman though again like another another lady reporter really tries to kind of make her deal with some of this stuff yes. and she goes look I'm not gonna ask you about the bioterrorism okay I'm not gonna ask you about poisoning the town or how you tried to assassinate a senator I, and like your co-worker <laughs> (laughs) and fellow (laughs) cult members. I'm not going to ask any of that. You know, many people have asked you, and I'm
3: not going to ask you that question, whether you actually perpetrated the bioterror attack and poisoned the town. I'm not going to ask you whether you tried to assassinate a senator and your
1: co-workers. I'm not going to ask you
2: those questions.
1: Look, I'm not going to ask you that, okay? But I will ask you this if you had to, would you poison an entire town if it needed to be done? And everyone's like, oh, that's adorable, very cute. Everybody laughs or chortles. And Sheila is suddenly like, wait a second. It's like her biggest fear happened. Like someone tried to finally call her out on this. And she's like, no,
3: I did not do it. I would not do it. I am my parents' daughter who had learned the correct values of life. And I'm being very patient. You don't even know how many hundreds of journalists have gone through my life since imprisonment. In the same old nobody has any creative questions. No, I
1: didn't do it. I would not do it. And nothing is true that you've heard and nothing that I admitted to. It's like, Sheila, I'm so exhausted by this entire thing because it's just the same conversation.
2: But she, uh, Sheila also says to this journalist, I'm so patient that I'm putting up with your bullshit. Yes. She, and yes. I gotta say, like, two minutes before this, this, uh, this journalist in front of a room full of people tried to, like, be one with Sheila. She tried to tell Sheila about her own public breakup and how Like, how badly, like, her shame in the press was. And Sheila goes, Except I don't have any shame. (laughs) Sheila. I know but she's shaming this journalist like she's and this is where she says like 90% of the journalists ask me the exact same questions including you and Sheila never answers the questions right but Sheila that's what a press tour
1: is it's the same question everywhere you go it's just a promotional thing any celebrity will be like oh it's the worst. like those press junkets you sit in a room and you answer the same questions for 12 hours a day that's what you signed up for girl yes so we're back to I think it's the same house with the fashion designer and the murder witnesses oh great and it's it's a gorgeous house but she lives yeah. now holding court and everyone is hammered and talking over each other but she's trying to do like the Bhagwan thing where she's trying to ask deep questions and she's like how many of you are ruthlessly honest with yourselves how many of oh you are gosh. introspective how many of you are hypocrites everyone is sloshed fucking hammered <laughs> talking know. all over each other someone's I like know. I am I'm a hypocrite like we're <laughs> trying so hard to connect with her I and know, like, give, like give the right answer to these bullshit
2: like non even ugh but the thing for me, about this, I, the way I watched this was that when she, like, they literally, she says, How many of you
3: are honest with yourself ruthlessly? Oh,
2: All okay. the women raised their hands, and it was like,
3: How many of you are hypocrites?
2: All the women raise their hands. Who among you do introspection? And the men don't even know what the word introspection means. This man is like fighting with her over the word introspection. And I was like, oh God, why do we raise women to like have to hate themselves like this? And it's like, you can't even
1: mansplain it because what she's saying doesn't make any sense and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she goes on this whole thing about like, you know, she's rambling and rambling about how we have to look
2: inside ourselves
1: to ask and answer the real questions. And I'm like, but you won't answer. A single question,
2: Sheila. I know. And I gotta, I have to pause on this one moment because it made me think of you. Uh We're like between speaking gigs or whatever, and she's backstage somewhere, and this man is doing her makeup and is trying to do her like lips while she's trying to talk. And I was having a flashback to Truth or Dare. I just kept waiting for (laughs) Sheila to scream, Do something else! Do my eyes! (laughs) I cannot hear myself. (laughs) But then the guy does do her eyes and he paints her. I feel like he did not like the tone of her look, and he paints her the thickest, fullest eyebrow to the point where the guy walks away, and Sheila like goes deep into the mirror. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: like <laughs> what is this? It's like in in Best in Show where she's like, well, she did my makeup, and I I looked I looked freakish, so I didn't. <laughs> But this I, other I, interview with this other woman, says, essentially, like, Sheila, what are we doing here? What do you want from this? I gotta tell you,
2: this was one of my favorite moments, because this interviewer says to Sheila, like, are you bothered by the way that people think of you?
0: Does that upset you? That, look, I said this, but it was interpreted in a totally different way? To
3: me, it doesn't make difference, because I know who I am and what I am. But then if it doesn't bother you, what are you
2: seeking from this? redemption for yourself this interviewer is really unflappable, yeah. and she literally says, "Like, if it doesn't bother you, then what are you seeking from all of this? Right. Why are you here? Are you looking for redemption for yourself?" Sheila cannot answer the question, and it was the one moment that I actually felt like Sheila was left kind of speechless. It's a, it's a quick moment in the documentary, but I yeah. thought of all the interviews we saw, this interviewer was the one that like didn't back down, wasn't a fan, wasn't yes. impressed, wasn't yes. intimidated, and she was leaning into her. It was such an Oprah move, you know?
1: It, w- it was. It yeah because then she even says like okay then well then you tell me what happened then tell me what happened meaning like what happened in
3: Oregon and she refuses Sheila refuses would you like to tell us what really happened and no no I don't want to tell you about what really happened because what I will tell you what really happened you won't believe me
1: know who I am and I know what I am and that you know that that's all that matters and it's like I need to go to bed I'm so (laughs) tired of all of this I'm exhausted
2: speaking of bed we get the next shot is Sheila in bed you guys Uh Sheila's FaceTiming with her daughter so I guess we learned that in 1979 she adopted a young girl who's now like a grown-up and lives in America and all we know is that it's Halloween in America and Sheila wants to know if her granddaughter is going as Sheila for Halloween
1: (laughs) first of all her daughter we don't see her daughter we don't even see her on the screen. The daughter did not want to be involved and the daughter's reaction.
3: Tell me if you caught this because she's like...
0: She's
3: good. She's with her dad tonight. It's Halloween so they're trick-or-treating. Okay. Is she dressing up
1: like Sheila? She should have.
3: Yeah, haha. She should have,
1: I guess, huh? I know. She is just. I feel like I want to talk to the daughter. She imagine being growing up with that as a mother. Ah.
2: Do you think Daisy will be involved in the documentary they eventually make about me, or is she gonna refuse?
1: She'll either make it, and it'll be one gotcha. of those things where it's like, here's. She'll be like this really cool city kid. That's like here was my yep. crazy fucked up life, or she'll yeah. want nothing to do with it. <laughs>
2: Daisy Tipton Hines could not be reached for
1: comments. 100%. And I, I because I told her not to make a comment.
2: Totally. Also <laughs> Sheila is just learning what a meme is.
1: It's a meme. And it's like Sheila, none of this is cute. I just and I, I, I also like I've ranted about this to you and Mike and you're both like you need to calm down about this, but I just have no patience for people who in this day and age
2: yeah, like don't yeah. get
1: things like that and it's not yeah. cute and I just and grow yeah. up. And it's like
3: she wants to be cool? <laughs> When she's like You know what they're doing here in India on social media? Hmm. They use my words almost like mojis. How so? What does like they call it Mimi or the Mimic or the something a meme. Meme. A meme. Right.
1: Yeah. Oh they you know, so they put my words and it's and yeah. the daughter's like, it's a meme, mom. Like I know. <laughs>
2: Uh, Also, can you imagine being Sheila's daughter living in America when wild, wild fucking country comes out? It's all anyone's talking about.
1: And I think, like, I don't think they put her, they had her name in here. I think smartly she was just like, I really want absolutely nothing to do with
2: this. (laughs) But then we're at the point of the documentary, which I knew we were going to get to eventually. Uh. Then she goes to Mumbai, which is where she met the Bagwan, And we remember that, like, her father introduced her to the Bagwan. Her father brought her to the home of the Bagwan, And, you know, they lived in this apartment in Mumbai by where like they fell in love and she was his secretary but then it became more and then she became the number two and it was like this like the place where she fell in love with the background you guys we go back to this apartment and we're in the hallway for some reason she's got some student with her I guess because her own daughter doesn't want right, to be some involved. unpaid intern <laughs> And this poor girl, they go, like, this is a totally unannounced visit. Somebody else lives in this apartment. She makes the student go and knock on the door to ask if they can come in. You guys, the door is answered by their words, not mine, answered by a servant. Who fully knows who (laughs) Sheila is and is not letting her in. Right. I'm shocked that this was
1: even kept in because I I guess they needed to make it almost an hour. But it's such a bad. It's like how I think she should be treated all the time. We're like, no, (laughs) nope. You can't come in. I don't like you.
2: Goodbye.
1: Yeah, Fine, finally she, someone shuts a door in her face.
2: I know she's just standing there in the hallway. Why did they keep this in? I can't believe they kept this in. I
1: just have like I hate this in my notes over and over again. So if I'm skipping something, are we back in Switzerland yet? Is that where you are in your notes?
2: Are we? They go God. to the beach. She talks about being a queen, Who going through the guillotine. Cares. She's Talking
1: about the nature of love, she doesn't know what love is. Get no. out of here, with that,
2: Sheila. Oh, I have. She's back home. We're back in oh, Switzerland. We're almost there. Home stretch, girl. Ugh. We're gonna be fine. So,
1: so we're back in Switzerland again. She works with disabled people in like a yeah. senior home. It's it's kind of an incredible job. We never hear anything about that, like what that day to day is like. They probably have no idea that she tried to murder a whole town. Like that's kind right of interesting. Now. But she's back. She's talking with one of her residents, and she's like, she's uh-huh. having. Venga. A conversation about death, about how one has to be prepared to go. I understand that these are important conversations to have, but she needs to calm the fuck down because she's being very aggressive with this woman, and you can't understand. You know, it's not in English, of course, but she's basically trying to force this person to change their point of view on death. And I'm like, Sheila, just let them have this. They just want it. Like, it feels so like she just keeps pushing, and she's like, nope, nope. I don't know this person's mental state. I don't know any. It's just like it feels so harsh, and at one point like the person's like i think that's stupid sheila like eventually they're just like no sheila and finally sheila just goes okay and i was like yes that's what like just let this person go to bed and sleep soundly with whatever their belief system is tonight sheila god damn it
2: here's my question though as much as i think switzerland is probably great and they probably give a lot of money and funding and support to people like working with people who have these kinds of needs why does Switzerland know that she tried to murder a town, that she tried to blow up a courthouse, that she. <laughs> right. Right, I, right. It's
1: not like us where we're just desperate for anyone to give a shit on any given day. Like, <laughs> totally. it's not. I, I, f- I agree with you. I feel like Switzerland yeah. probably has, like, a lot of big hearts, a lot of people giving their time and their. But, you know, like,
2: before you give somebody a license to be in charge of, like, people with serious problems, vulnerable could you give- people. Yeah, could you give him a goog? One quick goog would I think quickly bring up the uh, attempted assassination of the senator. But if she example. started
1: the home herself, there's no one asking any questions.
2: There's got to be a, you got to have to have a license. Even I when I had the daycare for 2 weeks had to have a fucking license.
1: I'm sure it's not on her resume like I'm that's me tough titty Sheila. <laughs> but you think like that's all she wants to talk about. So maybe I don't know. I don't know. That's me. You think you tough think they're crocheting like tough titties? <laughs> like that's like their activity for the day?
2: Is that how it ends? It's just like, she's just going,
1: yeah, she's like, here's the bed my father died in. Sheila, like, what are we, like, she really, I didn't even think this could sink any lower And then, here's the bed my father died in. Thank you for showing me.
2: If you guys could see the look of utter bewilderment on Jillian's face.
1: (laughs) And she's just, you know, like she's, you know, you have condemned me and they want me to redeem myself so they can redeem themselves. And I'm like, Sheila, I don't understand what you're saying. And she ends with this this gem where she's like,
3: I went in a prison. I sat there 39 months. Now it's enough.
1: I went to prison for 39 (laughs) months. Enough. Enough already. I don't want to talk about it. So then I wrote, but then why'd you write a book? I said they don't do a press tour, <laughs> Sheila. And also, where's the journey? Like, where was she before? There's no curiosity, <laughs> there's no point of view. I know. Are we done? <laughs> I just, <laughs> my throat hurts me.
2: Oh, my God, you guys, we did Searching for Sheila. Well, I spent the first 40 minutes of this. It's only 50 minutes long being like, how are we going to even talk about this? Yeah. Like, what even happens in this documentary?
1: It's just a commercial for Sheila.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, well, if you guys want more of these shenanigans, join us on the Patreon. Over 210 full ad-free bonus episodes to download a binge right now. Night Stalker, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Cereal, The Staircase, The Jinx, Lorena, Menendez Murders, Lacey Peterson. All right. Well, now this is a one-man show. Thanks a lot. Remember when you said I was just like Sheila and that when I walk into a room, I say, hello, everybody. It is now all about me. No, that was the fashion designer daughter. She and I did have a lot in common.
1: Yeah. Um, girl, what are we doing next? We are doing White Boy. Oh, what
2: is this about? Do you know?
1: This is about this kid known as White Boy Rick. And he was an FBI informant and drug kingpin in Detroit in the 80s. Wow. It's a wild, wild ride to say the
2: least. So stay tuned for the trailer for that and our hilarious outtakes. Follow us on social. I'm at Patrick Hines underscore on Instagram. Jillian is Jillian with a G and all the things. Follow us uh, at True Crime Obsessed Podcast and come hang with us every Tuesday at noon for Ladies Who Lunch. Uh, Yeah, so it's noon Eastern and we just hang
1: out and answer your questions and talk about whatever. Probably Sheila coming (laughs) up. I mean, I have a lot to say.
2: All right, we love you guys. We love you. Thanks so much. All right, bye. Bye. We're gonna look like businessmen delivering packages. Money, money,
0: money. Only us and you will know it's drugs. Okay. All right.
2: Anybody who's in possession of over 650 grams of cocaine, mandatory life.
0: White boy Rick. His name is Richard Wershey Jr. I was like, who was this white kid? You know, that was supposedly running all these black gangs and, and running the city of Detroit. Why would a uh, juvenile, nonviolent drug offender be kept in prison beyond 29 years? I found out that the reality was much different than the
3: legend. And I knew that there were corrupt police officers involved in this thing. Everybody, every police officer down at 1300 was crooked. If you're a criminal, I would advise you
2: never to get a nickname. So they said, we got to kill that white boy. <coughs> Law enforcement created almost the perfect
0: criminal.
1: The war on drugs is over, and
3: drugs won.
2: There's still a lot of angry people in the city of Detroit in
3: positions of power. I did way more than he could possibly have it done to get that kind
2: of a sentence. Third world countries don't incarcerate like this. You're not trying to tell me that you're an angel, that you never did anything wrong, are you? I've been involved
3: in wrongdoing, but I don't feel I did anything to receive a life sentence.
1: Nothing makes me feel like an old, screamy, get off my lawn than this shit. This makes me... I, I, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off probably. What were you saying?
2: I just wanted to say, before we get to the trailer, you guys, you came on a good night. You came on a good night. Oh, oh, and also, they're taking pictures of her backstage, and they're chatting while they're doing it, and I have the closed captions on, and every time anybody laughs at any volume, it says chortles. Chortle! I saw that too. I was like, oh, I hate that word. I know. I think it's how you would describe my laughter. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely not. No, chortle, like, to me is what. what is that, onomatopoeia, where it sounds like what oh. it is.
2: is. it are people laughing like, ah! that's what a chortle sounds like to me.
1: That Well, now they are in my <laughs> head when I hear chortle.
2: This is where we see the bag one again, and I just went, oh, fuck, I forgot this guy adds an S to everything. Remember that? Oh, uh, I do. <laughs> where he'd be like, I don't like Sheila. Shh. <laughs> But it was a like, shh. Yeah, 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 the
1: S-H. Oh, he's nauseating.
2: My friend Martha Plimpton was on a TV show, and she would have to do those all the time, where she'd get up at 7 a.m., and it would be, like, from her computer, where it would be, like, 40 morning zoo radios. And people, all these guys, these DJs who are 19, they never heard of her. They've never seen the Goonies. You know what I mean? And every morning, she'd be like, the first person to call me Marsha, I'm hanging up on.
1: <laughs> do you know what Mike's favorite part of Truth or Dare is? When what? she's When she's eating the soup, and her dad is like, do you think you could like? <sighs> scam us a
2: ticket, and she's like, Dad, you and every like, who do you think you're talking to? I know, I know. She's slurping the soup, by the way. She is manspreading on her own couch. She's got the soup between her legs. Yep. Well, she gets her show clothes. She should be eating in her show clothes
1: to begin with, first of all, but...
0: Girl,
2: Wild Grain is a sponsor this week. I know you are very excited to talk about it. I'm gonna shut the I'm gonna shut the hell up.
1: I've been dying to talk about this. So Wild Grain is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Let me tell you, we had the croissant, we had the sourdough baguette, we had the sourdough loaf. Each item you bake it right from frozen in 25 minutes or less. There's no thawing required.
2: What is like the word for foodie for people who just like bread? Because that is Steve. Steve is a bready. That's me. When we got our wild grain box. Steve tore, actually Golden tore it open. He was like, Golden smelled the bread, tore the mm-hmm. thing open. We popped the baguette right in. The, I'm a baguette and yeah. I we devoured that baguette in 30 seconds, and you've been dying to talk about this for weeks. Like, you, this is the real deal, fam. Julian's like signed up for this for life.
1: Yeah, Mike may, I'm not kidding, my hand, to, I swear. Yesterday <laughs> Mike was just like, I'm a little like a snack he wanted was the yeah. last sourdough baguette we had, and I'm like, we have to order more, because <gasps> I don't know how we're going to survive without it.
2: So fam, you can fully customize customize your Wild Grain box so you can get any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries you like. If you want a box full of bread, all pasta, all pastries, you can have it. That's right. And plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus
1: free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO to start your
2: subscription. You heard her. Free croissants. in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCO that's wildgrain.com slash TCO
1: or you can use promo code TCO at checkout